We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And Sims the rebound. Now they'll just dribble it out. So for the Knicks, a terrific feel-good win. Where so many players contributed. 126 points, 19 three-pointers. They'll win their second straight on this three-game homestand. Meanwhile, for Greg Popovich and Victor Wembanyama, a rough night for the young Spurs. Such respect between these two basketball lifers. All right, Wemby, better luck next time. Um, Knicks win. Knicks win a game that was uh, perhaps a, a little bit more deceiving than the final score would indicate. Um, I should probably say what the actual final score was. We put up 126 to 105 in what was billed nationally uh, and locally as Victor Wembanyama's uh, garden debut. He underwhelmed. And uh, the reason he underwhelmed uh, partially was due to how the Knicks played him and what the Knicks were able to throw at him, which is, I don't think, something that he's really seen yet in his short NBA career. We'll get to that in a bit. Interesting game. Uh, kind of a funky game. Knicks obviously got out to a 13-point lead. And then the rest of the game from there was kind of like, you know, the Knicks clearly should have turned this into a blowout. And then the Spurs would push back. And then the Knicks would be like, okay, let me take a, another lead. And then the Spurs would push back. And then finally, the Knicks were like, all right, enough, you know, screwing around. Uh, and they went up by 30. And one last time, for good measure, the Spurs pushed back. They got it to um, 14 points a couple times on the fourth quarter. They actually had a chance. They were on the free throw line with a chance to cut it to 12. I think it was Kelvin Johnson missed both free throws. And then a um, couple couple guys hit some, some big shots uh, to finally put it away, which, again, we'll get to those in a bit. That was the that was the gist of the game. Um, mentioned Wemby, who, and look, I, I should also say the the other big thing about this game, um, as goes the Knicks three point shooting, so go the Knicks. Um, this team, I tweeted it out before, they really do seem incapable of having just like a mediocre game from behind the arc. They've had two games in the teens, a game where they shot twenty five percent, and then they've had uh, five other games where they shot. 40 uh, or 38 percent or higher, including now this is the third game in which they've topped, like basically been in the mid 40s. They were 19 of 42, shot 46 percent. Um, and like for a lot of the game, this really boiled down to the Knicks were hitting the, th the threes. Spurs started out very cold from three, and the Knicks were a veteran, experienced team who could put their foot on the gas when they needed to. 
and the Spurs were not. Spurs were a very young team, and it showed. And the, really, the only the only time it got truly worrisome was when the Knicks backups were in there towards the end of the third, beginning of the fourth, and they were just not playing with the the, the intensity that that we know they can. So nothing to worry about there. Um, this was billed as the debut of a phenom. Um, the Knicks have not had a phenom, uh, at least, well, I, I was going to say since Patrick Ewing, Kristaps Porzingis, I know we're not allowed to say his name around here anymore, but he, he, he kind of fit the bill a little bit, not obviously at the Wemby's level, but really even beyond Wemby, I mean, it, it all comes down to the foundational guys, Wemby, Tim Duncan, David Robinson for San Antonio, but it went beyond them. Because this was a franchise that for years and years and years drafted and developed, drafted and developed, drafted and developed. And they did it as well as any team in the league. And yeah, it takes a little bit of luck to get several generational talents. But like they also, there's a reason why they won five um, world championships and not like one, you know, like the Cavs did when they drafted LeBron James. It takes following through with drafting. And why am I going on and on about the Spurs? Because for decades, the Knicks did no such thing. The Knicks did the opposite of that. They traded away their draft picks or wasted their draft picks on guys who uh, weren't particularly good. And I thought it was um, symbolic, if you will, that tonight on a night where, again, they're playing the team that has drafted and developed better than anybody in the NBA, arguably, that the Knicks won because, purely because of guys that they have drafted and they have developed over the last now going back close to six years. Um, Cause as far as I'm concerned and, and Julius Randall, we'll talk about him. Probably the most important outcome tonight is that he looked more like himself, even more so than the Clipper game. Jalen Brunson did some nice things. It was still, a, it's been a very up and down season for Brunson. I thought he was pretty off tonight, even though he finished with a really good stat line, hit a bunch of threes, whatever. Knicks won this game because of guys that they spent draft picks on um, in RJ Barrett, Emmanuel quickly, and of course, the guy that we can't stop gushing about all season long, Mitchell Robinson. Um, tonight, actually, I, I would argue that Mitch took a bit of a backseat to the other two, RJ and quickly. Um, I know RJ finished with the, the, the superior stat line. I thought they were both positively awesome. Let's start with RJ. Um, said before the season that more than their final record, more than the, what playoff seed they get. Um, honestly, even more than if they win a playoff round or not. The most important development for this team would be if a guy, one of the young guys, could step up and take a step in a direction where they are considered differently around the NBA and obviously within the organization than they were coming into this year. and. There was a lot of guesses as to who it might be, and we, we've talked about this before. I, I think RJ was probably the most obvious candidate because all of the tools were there. We've seen all of the tools before this year in bits and pieces and drips and drabs in fits and starts, right? But never were they put all together until that eight-game stretch during the playoffs last year where it's like, oh, Okay, well, and then as soon as he finished that up, the question was, can he do it over the course of a full season? Well, look, this is now, he's played six games this season. Six games. We're talking about six games. Still not a lot. 
it is impossible to watch this player and not conclude that he has fundamentally turned a corner in his execution, in his approach, in everything. Like, if you didn't know anything about the Knicks coming into the season and you've watched them this year and you were like, who is the Knicks best player? We, as we've talked about, Mitchell Robinson, I think, has played the best of any Nick. But if you have just been watching them over the course of this year and you're like, okay, after eight games, who's their best player? You'd be like, oh, it's R- it's RJ Barrett. Because that's how well he's played and that's how good he has looked. His final stat line tonight, 24 points on eight of 17 shooting. Again, these like, you know, no more, no more, you know, classic RJ stat lines, right? Where it's like, oh yeah, 23 points on or on 22 shots or, or, or whereabouts. No, 24 points. On on 17 shots, actually, this is probably a little less. I bet you his efficiency actually goes down after this game um, because he just wasn't great inside the arc, Um, which look, the Spurs offer a lot of length. And what rescued RJ tonight was the thing that's really been helping that efficiency get to a new level all year long because his two point shooting hasn't really been great all year, even though his process inside the arc has been much, much better. I do believe those two things coexist in the same universe, and they have for me. He was five and nine from deep. Look, the three-point shooting is going to tail off. I think the shooting inside the arc is going to get a little better. Um, but again, it's a decision-making. I mean, I looked up his, his assists earlier today. He's only, he's only averaging the same assists as he usually does, about three a game. Tonight, he had six. You can't go by the assists. You have to look at just how he's reading the floor, how he's reading the game, um, how he's attacking the defense, how patient he is. You know... There was the move that uh, they commented during the broadcast of when he kind of got down low and he just just took his time, did a couple fakes, took his time, put up a shot he was comfortable with, made it. Like that's a sign of growth. There's so many signs of growth from this player. To me, you can't compare him to the guy that was around before this season. And yes, I'm including the stretch of three and a half months where he averaged about 24 points or 25 points a game at the end of his third season. And he was getting a crazy usage rate because that was just like, man, you're here. Here's a 30 usage rate. Go have fun with it. There was some good stuff in there. Don't get me wrong. But this player that we're seeing right now, this, this player is better. And it's, I don't think it's close for me. Um, and yes, that has to do with the defensive end of the floor. I think he's been really good defensively. Um, so kudos to RJ Barrett. Uh, the crow continues to fly and I continue to have a, a full belly. Happy to have it. Happy to admit how wrong I was on this guy. Um, completely misread that this could still come after four years. And here it is. So uh, awesome job by him. Emmanuel, quickly, you could argue, well, hey, wait, wait a minute. Why why isn't why can't quickly be the guy making the leap? You know what? I, I'm not going to argue with the only difference that I would say with quickly is quickly. Unlike RJ, it's been, first of all, the, the second he stepped foot in the NBA, he was a winning player contributed to winning basketball immediately. And then it was just like, okay, step forward, step forward, step forward, step forward. And now it's like no leaps. I mean, can you call last season a leap? Maybe I I wouldn't. I I just think it was opportunity more than anything else, of course, with getting better. And this season, I think the thing that's really stood out for me this season is just, he is now inside the arc. Benji uh, tweeted it. He was at the game that like when he came into the league, it was just floaters. Didn't get to the rim. Didn't have long twos in his bag. It was just floaters. If he didn't get the floater, that was it. Now, my God, like the way he works defenses once he gets inside the arc, it's astounding. And, and again, 
he had 19 points on 17 shots, not great efficiency because he took nine threes, only made three, but impossible not to watch him and be impressed tonight. Again, with I mean, the defense with him is a given. Five assists for quickly. Those are the two guys that I am going to you know remember coming away from tonight. And then, of course, Mitch. Um, a, a, a ho-hum uh, 12 rebounds, only only five offensive rebounds tonight. I love uh, this is where we are now with this player. Um, and not a coincidence, he was a team high, or actually, sorry, it wasn't a team high, second best on the team, plus 30 for tonight. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I don't want to say Wembenyama met his match. Wembenyama is going to, if he keeps, he's going to keep getting better and he's, th- there is not going to be any match for him. But, you know, Mitch gave him a little bit of the business tonight, made his life tough. And um, pushed him around not to be out down. Isaiah Hardenstein um, also uh, good work uh, when he was in there against women. Yama, both of those guys, like they bring size, they bring physicality, but they also bring skill. So like um, it's a great combination to have for the Knicks. The Knicks have, you know, sir, I, I, someone, I, I forget if it came up on the post game or at some other time, like where would you rank the Knicks centers as like center, a center combination? You know, and it's like, well, you know, it could be me and Nikola Jokic. I'm still taking me and Nikola Jokic over the Knicks centers. That, that's obvious. But like they definitely have top 10 center position in the NBA. And it might be a little higher than that. Uh, it is a little higher than that, I think. That's that's probably underselling them. So great job by them. And then um, I don't think we really need to spend time on any of the peripheral guys. DiVincenzo, Josh Hart, uh, Quentin Grimes all had some nice moments, did some nice things. Uh, Grimes. I like only played 19 minutes tonight. Quick trigger though, two or four from deep. They were important. They helped establish the lead. Um, do do do. Divincenzo one of six, so maybe not so great for him. Hart one of three. Uh, let's end with talking about uh, Brunson and, and Randall. Um, again, if he if he Brunson game, for, it's just it's so strange to see these lines from him. Five of eight from deep, awesome. Three of eleven inside the arc. And like he was getting to his spots, he was getting good looks. Like, yeah, he's working hard for them, but like he worked hard for all his looks last year. I just, it's, he's just something's a little off inside the arc right now for him and not, not worried. Um, not worried, but like something to just like, you know, it's a thing now. We have to pay attention to it. It's like, okay, when is Brunson going to get going inside the arc? I know he had a great Milwaukee game, but like, that was more the exception than the rule. And yet the thing that you love about Brunson and why he's the leader of this team and why he's going to be the leader of this team for as long as he's here, it doesn't matter who they bring in. Um, in a night where, again, maybe a, a bit of an off night, takes three charges. I meant to look it up. Um, uh, here, exceptional live streaming here. Uh, I will look up live. I have to imagine not only is he leading the NBA uh, in uh, charges drawn, but maybe by a, a considerable degree. Did you do okay? I'm on. I'm on the page. Charges drawn. uh, So he had six coming into tonight. Three more. So nine. The next closest coming into tonight was Draymond Green with five. Everybody else has four. So essentially, Jalen Brunson has drawn twice as many charges as anyone else in the league. That's what he brings to a team. He just he will bring whatever you need him to bring to to win basketball games, and that's that's what you love about him. Last but not Julius Randle. Last but not least, Julius Randle. The aforementioned uh, team leader in plus minus, plus 31. We said Clipper game was his best game of the season up to that point. This was an even better game. 23 points, 
uh, eight of 19 from the field, two of six from three, had some legitimately nice moments uh, inside the arc. Um, some, some missteps. Okay. It's fine. Really utilizing the, the pick and roll with Mitchell Robinson, something the Knicks just continue to make a, a staple of their offense now. Pull down 16 big rebounds. I thought Randall was, I mean, he was big on the boards that like they really out physical this Spurs team. The Knicks pulled down 47 rebounds in total in this game. Um, you know, I know the Spurs pulled down 46, but like they, Knicks did good work on the glass. They really did. Um, so yeah, another positive step forward for Julius. I, I'm hoping a week from now we'll all look back on that early start and just be like, what were we worried about? It was a guy coming off an ankle injury. Like all the calls for, you know, get rid of this guy. He can't win with this guy. Yeah, look, there's always going to be questions about Julius. But um, again, hoping to put all that behind us in short order. Uh, I should also probably mention the Knicks nearly uh, set a team record. Or uh, they may have tied a team record because it seemed like so they're showing three turnovers on the ESPN stats page. I saw, I think Begley tweeted that out too. On the broadcast, they seem to think the Knicks had three for most of the game and then got a fourth late. So I don't know. They get three, four. I think three would have tied the record. So good job by them on that. Uh, seven more steals. Knicks continue to, to to swipe the ball. Uncharacteristic of Thibodeau teams, but they, they are doing it now. Uh, Hardenstein with two of those. I think that's it. Um, I'm going to bring up Andrew Claudio here before we get to the Super Chats. What's up, Knicks fans? Quick break to tell you about AG1. Going into this season, I decided it was time to make a change. My digestion didn't feel its best. I felt sluggish, stressed, didn't feel as focused, and knew I needed to do something different. So I decided to give AG1 a try because I wanted better gut health, a boost in energy, and I hated taking pills or vitamins. Well, when I started drinking AG1 daily, not only could I see a difference in my daily health, but I finally had energy and noticed how much more relaxed and focused I was. That's because AG1 is a foundational nutrition supplement that supports your body's universal needs, such as gut optimization, stress management, and immune support. Since 2010, AG1 has led the future of foundational nutrition, continuously refining their formula to create a smarter, better way to evaluate your baseline health. Fun fact, I recommended AG1 to all my friends, family, and Mrs. Claudio. We drink AG1 first thing in the morning to make sure we have the energy needed to take on a busy day. There's no debate, AG1 AG1 is the supplement I trust to provide the support my body needs daily. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash filmschool. That's drink. That's drinkag1.com slash filmschool. Check it out. The drinking game we're playing tonight. Anytime someone has a super chat with Star J in it, <laughs> we will take a shot of AG1. Okay. That's fine. So anytime Star J is on the screen, we will, I'll join John and we'll take a shot. Okay. So again, shout out to the fine folks at AG1. And I uh, take it with my wife every morning. Uh, boost of energy. You feel lighter. Uh, so. Oh, so uh, you, I, you I put more water all. in yours than yeah. I do. Well, so, right, I, so I do what I would, of course, do when I add Red Bull to mine. So Oh, see, again, you can customize it. I only do eight ounces of water because I like the flavor of it, and I mm -hmm. like the flavor to be a little stronger. You, you do more. 
Yes. Okay. So there you go. All right. So anytime Star J is in the okay. super chat, we'll take a shot. You ready? Let's do it. Yeah. Let's do here it. Here we go. Okay. First up, Robert Cross. Robert Cross. Okay. First time in a long time with your boy John. Your game night reminder that Star J will be a top twenty-five player this year. Hashtag fifty-three wins. Well, Robert. <laughs> Let's let's uh, okay. Let's do this. You're really not giving up on this shit, are you? There's 12 players in each conference plus injury replacements that make the All Star game, right? Um, man, I do. I actually want to say this. I don't know because I can't take this back if I say it. I don't think it's cr- a, a crazy notion that RJ would make the all-star team. Do I want to say this season? Here's the problem. Usually when it cut co- like all-star stuff, any award stuff, it takes a while for the narrative to catch up with reality. Has RG been the best, best of the three, right? Like it, I love Mitch. He's not making the all-star team because they just, those sorts of centers don't, don't make it. So if the Knicks are good, maybe they get two All-Stars. It might, I'm guessing, betting on only one. Has RJ been the best of him, Randall, and Brunson so far this year? Yes. Could that continue? Yeah. Could it continue and the Knicks still be good enough where they're definitely going to get one All-Star, maybe get two? Yeah. Do I, but I, I still think, and that's because it's partially true, RJ benefits so much from being on the court with those other two guys. And I think this year, which is the first year that RJ has kind of turned this corner, let's say he continues going on this on this road and he is the best of the three. I still think it, as long as one of the other two guys is like close, and I think one of the other two guys will at least be close, if not like catch up to RJ and pass him, the credit will go to one of them for being like, at the end of the day, we know who opponents game plan for on the Knicks and it's Jalen Brunson or Julius Randle, like it's still new with RJ, so I, I can't get all the way there. I, I what I mean, is it po- sure? It's possible. It's possible. We would have said that a year ago. So see, yeah, it's possible he he. I, I think he'll definitely be a consideration if he keeps if he plays this way all the way through the All Star game. All of your national pods that do the all right, let's start talking about All Star rosters. He'll be in the conversation, and I think, and I think from that point, the question is like, you know, and and just to to. By the way, to show that I'm not a complete Looney Tune, this was the case with our, with Randall three years ago. Because when those pods first started dropping, you know what part of the All Star conversation was Randall Randall was in on those pods? It was like, let's talk about this, the, the guys who are going to make All Star. Then let's talk about the other serious contenders, and then let's like name the other guys that we should name because they're having nice years. At first, Randall was in that last category, even like twenty. 25 games into the year, even though he was clearly putting together an, an all-star resume. And then he just made it so undeniable and the Knicks kept winning that they had to put him on the team. So like it, it takes a while. It takes a while for the narrative to, to catch up, but you know, man, we're, we're, we're heading in that direction, Robert. That's the best thing I could say. We're heading in that direction. Thanks. You got me off on a, on a roll here. Jesse M, I'm finally starting to believe in Star J. By the way, it's certainly not ideal that the Sixers are six and one. The Embiid to New York agenda has taken a hit for the time being. 
Yeah, I had the Sixers game on tonight. Big win for them. They have not lost since opening night. Arguably should have won on opening night against Milwaukee. Um, and uh, they're good. They're good. They're good. I mean, but I I thought they would be good. I I wasn't sure if they'd be this good. I wasn't sure if the Harden thing would hang over them. Once they resolved the Harden thing and made it clear that they were not going to let Harden derail their season, like, you know, I I it's not a shock. I I still. And by the way, I'm 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 like I know I wrote and said multiple times like what goes on in Philly this year is every bit as important as what goes on in New York this year from a Knicks perspective. Let them have their season. I'm now fully focused on ours. And I think to bring it back to your point, your first part there, which had our shot of AG1, the Sarge part of it. This what RJ has been doing and to a slightly lesser extent quickly and Mitch. I think you really have to focus on how, how much can these young players continue to grow. I'm not saying the Knicks have a contender on their hands as is, but be very clear about that. But like it has made it has changed the complexion of the conversation for me, at least not for other people, for me. So um, and what I was going to say about Philly, it still comes down to what they do in the playoffs. You know, so we'll see. Thanks, Jesse. Colin Reardon. Nice team effort. Love the big 15th quote. Simmons this is a good team. Is a good team. And they won a good game tonight. As I turn to my right and see that Phoenix and Chicago are going into overtime. Hmm. Uh, or either just, yeah, they're going to overtime. Uh, thanks, Colin. Appreciate you. Dominic Manzi. Thank you, man. That's super generous. Um, the process from Julius tonight was really good, and it was a great example of him sticking with it and playing hard regardless of results. Very encouraging. Totally agree. Completely agree. Hundred percent. Um, the effort was there. Got a little disenchanted with the refs a few times. It's always going to be the case with Randall. Um, yeah, I mean the process was it, it, again. For it, we talk big picture, and then sometimes we have to talk small picture. For this team right now, small picture, like zoom in. It's what is Randall doing tonight? Big picture, it's RJ. You know, so excellent stuff from from Julius. Thought he played unselfishly. He had, um, I wrote it down here. Yeah, the start to the third was, I thought, Julius's best stretch. And like, that's really the part of the game. Like, you know, they came out of halftime with a 14-point lead. We've seen the Knicks come out of halftime with 14-point leads, and it's an eight or nine-point lead in 90 seconds. And Julius, almost single-handedly, prevented that from happening um, and my favorite of those plays, he had a mid-ranger. It was nice. He had another like nice drive that was nice. My favorite of those, um, he had a hockey assist that ended in, I think, an RJ3. I, I actually don't remember if it was an RJ3 or somebody else hit the three. But it was just Julius making the right play. Didn't get an assist out of it. Made the right play. Um, and that made it 68-51. So really encouraging game from him. D- dishing out stars is going to be tough tonight. Robert Cross, first time, long time. John, have I ever told you that my Mitchell Robinson block party t-shirt is a cherished possession? God, man. Hashtag 53 wins. You know what I was thinking about you, Robert, as I, as I, as I sadly do sometimes. Um, yesterday, the day before. And my thought was this. Up until, for me at least, this up until this season, the thought when it came to 
do we trade for like this center? Like Cat was the guy that came to mind, right? Do we trade for Cat, right? It was always about, well, how can the Knicks adjust? You know, how could they, would they be able to survive defensively with him? And like, is it worth his offense? And now I think the conversation has to be, well, if you trade for another guy that is going to have to play some center to reach his full value, what does that mean for Mitch? Can they still get Mitch on the floor enough? Like Mitch has changed the conversation by asserting himself into it as far more than just like, well, you know, he's going to be outgoing salary and like, will another team value him enough to make the deal fair? No, now. And he was, I feel bad saying it this way because he was fundamental to their team last year. They built their entire team around him last year and his offensive rebounding and his rim protection. It's been heading that way for years. Thibodeau has, has clearly invested in him. You know, it's, it's clear as day. This is the culmination of that. This is the culmination of that investment. This is the reward. They are reaping the benefits of that investment, which good teams do. So um, that's the best compliment I can pay Mitch. Playing outstanding every night. And Robert Cross, and, uh, it's your boy, John. Can we keep IQ in a Nick uniform? He's a winning basketball player. Hashtag 53 wins. Again, different conversations here. If he's going anywhere, it's going to be as part of a trade for a superstar. I'm convinced that is the only way that Manuel quickly is not in a Nick uniform. Or I, I suppose there's a chance that like a one for one, essentially a one for one trade for a for a, a guy that the Knicks think is is a more is an easier fitting piece for whatever the next steps for this team is. And yes, I'm, I'm talking about like OG Ananobi, but I, I'm again, not thinking about that right now. Um, the notion that some team is going to come in this summer and outbid them for quickly. I, I would again, refer everybody to the fact that the last guy that a team arguably wanted to keep and didn't keep because some other team blew the doors off of any competing offer and what the team was willing to go to to do go to in money was Tim Hardaway Jr. It's the only time that's happened in the last decade. And like quickly some much, 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 much better player than Tim Hardaway Jr. was when the Knicks went out and spent 70 some odd million dollars on him. So I, I don't think you're gonna have to worry about anyone stealing him away. If he's not on the team at any point in time, I I, I don't I think it will it will be, it would be disappointing, but I don't think you'd be able to look at the return and and scoff at it. I think it would be for a, a, the sort of player that you'd be like, well, man, tough to turn down that opportunity. All that said, I hope they keep him. Robert Cross with another one. Is it fair and reasonable to say when you wish upon trading a star is fading fast? If so, it's okay. Star J is here now. Hashtag fifty three wins. Shout out again, AG1. You're going to need more, by the way. I don't have any more. So, yes, we're making more. I'll drink for both of us and I'll save you it. Drink for both of us. Um, I have something else as a, as a backup. Uh, okay. It's awesome that he's doing this. It changes the calculus for this team. 
in a lot of ways. I I remain skeptical that this core can can win a title or contend for a title. But listen, my skepticism has been my skepticism has has bit me in the ass before with this player, with RJ. So maybe it'll bite me in the ass again. I hope so. I'd love nothing. There's never been anything in my life that I hope I'm wrong about more than this this very this exact thing. The not believing that this core can can be a contending core. So we'll see. Rob Delusman, what's going on, Rob? What's up, JM and our man Andrew? RJ Barrett fam. He's making me look like a dumbass with every game, and I'm cool with that. Yeah. Me and you both. Me and you both. Feels good. It feels really good. I wonder, and not to go off on a tangent, but like, so you just said that. I completely agree. I come on here happily eat crow every night. I love it. I wonder if there are like fans out there who are like against a, a certain or were slash are against a certain player. And then when the player does well, it like they're mad, even though that player's on a team that they root for. I feel like. I feel like that's kind of the case with Julius sometimes that there are fans who actually like get mad when the Knicks win and Julius plays well. Some fans, not a lot, but some, um, you know, and then there are a, another subset of fans that like the team could win and look great. And they're just like really pissed off because their their favorite player, uh, you know, didn't play enough minutes. Um, not, not, not naming any names, but anyway, so yeah, me, me and you both, Rob, me and you both. Anthony, uh, hashtag riding with Randall, getting his feet under himself. I, you know, all the people, all the people who never gave up on RJ, you deserve credit. All the credit in the world. That's, and I'm not saying it was easy. That said, it's like sticking with RJ is easier than sticking with Randall. You know, <laughs> sticking with Randall, man, through the ups and downs and never give, and never, and always fighting the good fight where he's concerned. That's the, to use an analogy I used recently, that's the Jon Snow with the sword against the whole army, right? Um, you know, when Randall's in the thick of it, that's how it, that's how it could feel. So good for you. Uh, Jessica, what's going on, Jess? Wemby, more like Gumby, damn it. I like it. Um, what a great team game. Uh, Randall seemed more focused. Yes. RJ has been fantastic. Yes. IQ is great. Yes. The entire team played Knicks basketball. Yes. Other than when they weren't defending in like spurts of stretches of this game, specifically in transition, but kind of overall because they were just like, we know we're a lot better than this team and and they knew they didn't have to go full bore both ends of the court the whole time. Yes. I agree. The entire team played Knicks basketball. They passed more. So encouraging. Let's go Knicks. Uh, you just... Oh, I should have looked this up before. They finished with 28 assists on 46 made shots. So 28 assists on 46 made shots is probably not a great assist percent. Oh, it's a six. Okay. It's 61 assist percentage. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I'll take that. Um, obviously for the Knicks, I'll always take that. Um, which now leads me to wonder. Where do they rank in assist percentage on the year? Let's see if tonight uh, has been reflected in the stats. Uh, 19th in assist percentage on the year. I'm just looking this up because you brought up the passing. I do think the passing has been better this year. 
I mean, 19th in assist percentage for them is pretty good. You know, um, 59.6%, which is like compared to where they were, you know, a few years ago. That's that's not ideal. Uh, by the way, for anybody wondering, your updated uh, league-wide rankings, Knicks, after tonight, um, nice blowout win, climbed into the top 10 in net rating. Actually tied with the Indiana Pacers for ninth and a stone's throw away from the Hawks in eighth. Uh, and uh, Nick's offense has climbed to now still not in the top 20, still 23rd in offense, despite tonight, let you know how bad they were. Uh, but on the bright side, um, still second in defense, 103.7 defensive rating. Minnesota Timberwolves, oh man, they are running away and hiding for, as the best defensive team in the league, but there's a nice little gap between the Knicks and the Celtics now at this point. So um, good stuff. Good stuff all around from from our from our Knickerbockers. Thanks, Jess. Uh, Drew P. Do they look better than expected? Wimby too small. Uh, does who look better than expected? The Spurs? Oh, um, I don't know. They look about like what I would expect. Hannibal Miles, Victor, where's your mama? <laughs> that deserves a different kind of drink. Okay, thanks, Adible. Appreciate that. Drew P was saying, "Do the Knicks look better than expected?" Oh, by the way, through eight games, yeah. You wanted them five and five through ten, and if RJ doesn't get hurt, they probably already have six. We already have five, uh, at least five, maybe six. Yeah, um, I wouldn't go six. I would go five. Um, I can't say they look better than expected when their offense is twenty third in the league. And they've they've really struggled inside the arc. I mean, I think even after tonight, I want to say they're probably still the worst two point shooting team in the league, which is just, you know, it's it's indicative of like they they do still have some funkiness in their offense. Even, Mm -hmm. you know, I will Um, echo Fred Katz from today's pod. I think they look better than expected because the process is there. And what we're judging is a small sample size of field goal percentages and um shot charts and whatnot, but like the off ball movement and the ball movement in, in general, like they're making connecting passes. Like what Mitch got a couple lobs tonight. Like they're, they're clearly trying to do more things than just isolation and take advantage of offensive rebounds. They're just not hitting shots. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is like, they're not that bad. They've had three, heinously bad games from three and one of them is the Pelicans game where they just didn't have their legs under them that I kind of want to throw out if you take out the Pelicans game they'd be I think a borderline top 10 three point shooting team after tonight it's it's the fact that like it is still cramped inside the arc because of how teams are playing them which is the adjustment from last year so basically everybody's prediction well maybe not everybody's prediction Benji definitely made the prediction that they're going to regress on offense and get better on defense. That's uh, I'll say this. They look as like uh, they're playing at a level defensively. I did not think that they would play at. So they are better from that perspective. Okay. We'll take yeah, it, and, John. And, and, and certain guys are playing better than I, that I, like, I didn't see this coming from RJ for sure. And Mitch as well. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, Gbo, IQ bald, RJ great again, six and two if he's not out. Maybe. Maybe. I would go probably five and three, but six and two is on the table. Because I think they win that Cleveland game. And uh, and then, yeah, I guess they do. Maybe they do win the Milwaukee game. Shit, I don't know. It's possible. It's possible. Anything's possible, as a, as a, as a famous man once said. Um, uh, Guy Hooper then. RJ committed to making the right play read nearly every time now, and it's done wonders for his game efficiency. Always happy for a win on ESPN National TV. I love that we smoked that fucking team tonight. I'm happy for the Spurs. I have no ill will against their organization, but I am. It was great that this was all about Wemby. And from the opening tip, it was like, yeah, we're going to absolutely gobsmack you tonight. As far as RJ uh, making the right play nearly every time. Yeah. I mean, there were a couple of shots tonight, maybe a little forced. Um, but this is the sort of game where you could kind of try to stat pad a little bit. You know, because you're feeling pretty good about the win. He's playing great. Really, what what more could you want? I I, you know, he's he's doing it all, and he continues to. And it's the thing is like, he's never gonna get the love, of like the widespread. He's never gonna get like widespread NBA love, even if like he let's say in a different universe. He played with this process, but on a team where he was like clearly the number two or like more of a borderline, like it was a number one. And then he was borderline. Like, was he see the two was somebody else? The two. And let's just say for argument's sake, he averaged closer to 25 a game. Right. But the way he does it, where he's not creating in the ways that superstar players and it just not even superstar players, star players typically create. Um, I think it's always going to have a different feel, but like, man, dude does what he does and he's doing it well now. Like he's always gotten into the paint. Well, now he's getting into the paint and he's making, he's, he's, he's making teams pay either with the shot or the pass. So, and if he's in his threes, then like, well, you know, what else do you want? Thanks. You over them. Uh, Nesla Mitch is a joy to watch old school paint beast. I love watching Mitchell Robinson. We, I've gotten to the point where I'm happy to admit that I am spoiled by Mitch. I now take it for granted that like he's just going to gobble up every rebound that's in his area code, which is so cool. Thanks, Nizla. Duran visual variant. If RJ plays like this the entire year, 
Where does he end up on the top 25, under 25 next year since he was left off yet again? Yep. Another uh, probably ESPN list, right? Saw somebody tweeted about it. I think the New York basketball account Twitter, uh, which they do a great job. Uh, New York basketball Twitter account tweeted that neither he nor Emmanuel quickly made the list. Um, I refuse to click on those articles. Uh, it's a waste of my time. Uh, and you know why I know it's a waste of my time? Because if you listen to podcasts by ESPN personnel who are actual real, like solid basketball people and who talk to executives all the time and like, um, like they, they kind of snicker under their breath at these things. So why in God's name would I waste my time with it anyway? Uh, yeah. I mean, of course he would, he would make it, but like these lists are generated. So you can come on here and make this comment and other people out there can seethe over their player, their favorite player being left off or, or, you know, it's like it's, it's the, the lists are generated to make waves, but done, you know, subtly enough where it's not oh it's not overly obvious right that it's that they're going for the reaction you know it's the same it's the same philosophy it's the same hiring philosophy they have on air you know like we're going to hire analysts who are going to do just enough analyzing to keep us honest or keep you know where really what are they doing they're 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 trying to go viral it's such nonsense is RJ one of the 25 best players under 25? Yes. Should go without saying. Will Oliver, just an all-around great team win. Five and five is alive. There we go. One more, baby. I saw the Hornets lost to, uh, got killed actually at home, I think, by the Wizards tonight. So hopefully uh, that doesn't like, you know, galvanize them or anything. Uh, I'd love another easy win on Sunday afternoon. That'd be great. Um. Yeah. Thanks, Will. Hush. Lights too bright for Big Wemby. Mitch sunned him. Uh, Mitch did sun him. I mean, yeah, a couple to it. Like, look, I don't care who you are. Actually, that's not true. Michael Jordan came in here and he dropped 30. What was it? 33 in his first appearance. I, I had some fun going, looking up uh, some stuff on hoops or not basketball reference earlier today about some notable rookie debuts. You know, AI. You know, but like AI, you know, that dude went to college. Like he went to Georgetown. He played, he played under John Thompson before he came into the NBA. Like he was ready. Michael Jordan, Dean Smith, he was ready. Like guys aren't ready anymore. Like David Robinson, he's fucked 24 year old rookie. He came in, dropped 27 his first game at MSG. He was ready. Um, but like if you're a young, if you're a 19 or 20 or whatever, and you're making your debut at MSG, like I don't care who you are. Them lights is bright. Ain't no lights brighter anywhere. So, yeah. Sam Garcia, might be time for me to reinvest in some RJ stock. I don't know if you're going to be able to get that at this point. Bandwagon's full. You know, some 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 a lot of investors went long. Smart job. Good job by them. You're going to be paying a pretty penny for that stock right now. If anyone's selling and good luck getting somebody to find someone to sell. Dan Hidalgo. If this is who RJ consistently big, if is, if this is who RJ is consistently big, if at 23, I just don't think you could trade his youth and upside for a 30 year old and beat. Okay. 
look, I phrased the question to Fred Katz on today's pod the way I did for a reason, which was talking about RJ. Has it changed the calculation, right? And I, I phrased it like, unless it's for one of those five or six or seven guys, you just don't trade RJ now. And Fred's response was, well, they're looking to trade for one of those five, six or seven guys. Um, look, I'm not going to sit here and, and I'm not going to, I, I cannot sit here and be like, that's insane. I, I can't do it. Joel Embiid won MVP last year, though. You know, I get it. I get it. And it's not like it's not like trades like the, it's not like trades like this can't backfire. I mean, the Phoenix Suns just had to go to overtime to beat a not very good Bulls team. They forget about all of their draft picks. They also traded. Mikael Bridges. Now, I think even with the start RJ has had, most people around the NBA would probably probably take Mikael over RJ. Um, and like, is that going to work out for Phoenix? Like, they've gone all in on this big three. Two of the guys are aging. Oldest is Durant. Most injury prone to Durant. I don't know. Like, the Suns have more championship equity today than before they made the Durant trade. If the Knicks trade RJ Barrett for Joel Embiid, I don't care what RJ does this year, they will have more championship equity the day after they make that trade than the day before they make that trade. That is a fact. But sometimes, like, where do you draw the line? Like, the Celtics would have had more championship equity if they had made some of the trades that Danny Ainge turned down involving mostly Jalen Brown, but I don't know, maybe Tatum was in discussions too at some point. I, don't, I don't, probably not, but definitely Brown, right? Did he bypass the opportunity to increase his, his championship equity in the short term for a longer play? Absolutely. Did it pay off for him? Well, they haven't won a championship yet, but they've consistently been like the most, like the, most consistently good team in the league for five or six years now. Will it pay off? You know, we'll see. These are difficult conversations and these are difficult decisions. And the only thing that I don't want to happen is I don't want us to get to a place, which I'm sure we're going to get to, obviously, where it's like, if you say one thing or you say another thing, oh, well, you're a fucking moron. Because that's what we always get to. And it's just so frustrating. Like, it's a good conversation to have. And like, again, it's seven, it's six games of RJ this year. So I don't think we're quite there yet at the, like, we can't trade him for a Joel Embiid territory, but we're, I mean, we're, we're getting to the place where it's a, it's a real conversation. 